to you. Quinn, man, I tell you, you you're just, it's amazing how, how you work with her and teach her all that. I can give Quinn a hand, you know? Wow. Hey, give our praise team a hand. What a, what a celebration we had today. Whew. Amen. We, we're worshiping the Lord today, aren't we? You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, serious stuff with our church family. Uh, but we're here today to focus on our Creator, our Savior, and the great physician. And He holds us in our hand. And I'm so thankful for that. Last summer, we took the teens on a float trip to the Illinois River. We try to do that every couple of years, get them outdoors, get them on the rafts. Brother Stacy, I, I try to drown, you know, not drown, but dunk, just dunk uh, the, the teen guys. You know, we have a good time. But when we got there, the, one of the first things that they did is they took us outside and they gave us the safety speech, the spiel, you know. And these guys are good because they know teenagers and they know the teenagers aren't going to listen to them. They're just thinking about getting out there on the water and having fun, right? So this guy, he did the non-traditional safety spill. Usually it's the same old routine. I could repeat it. You know, I could do it for him. But this guy, he probably, he knew, he knew his audience. He understood his audience. And the first thing he said is, four people have died on this river this year floating. Let me tell you, everybody, didn't they, Mason? Everybody, there at that moment, we are tuned in to what this man has to say. Now, really, I don't know if four people had drowned or not. They could have. I hope they didn't. I think he might have just been making it up. But he said, he said, people, this water's murky. You can't see what's below the surface. And he said, people want to dive off the raft, and they hit rocks, or they hit submerged logs. He said, we've had a lot of rainfall this year, and what happens is these big logs, they're submerged under the water, and they're just drifting along. And you may have swam here before. You may have, you know, jumped off in this deep hole of water before that there could be a submerged log that's just drifting along and you could land on that and break your neck and drown. So we were careful and, and the Lord protected us and we all got home in one piece. But you know what? We've got to be careful not to be like those pieces of driftwood in the water. Especially when it comes to our relationship with God. Because it's real easy to drift from God. It's real easy to take our relationship with God for granted. You know, he's the only stable thing in this life. We reminded that yesterday. You know, when, when a lady that's, that's young and healthy like Elaine, and all of a sudden you get a phone call and she's in, she's in surgery in the hospital and it's critical. There's nothing stable in this life but one thing, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today, I want to warn you of the danger of drift. Don't drift in your faith. And that leads me to our scripture today from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. We'll be talking today about the danger of drifting from God. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for Jesus and for salvation. Again, we lift those up, Lord, who are hurting today in our church family. Would you minister grace and peace and strength and healing to them? And Father, now as we worship you in your house, I ask that you speak through me with your Holy Spirit. Speak to hearts on the inside today. And Lord, if there are any here who have drifted from you, may today they renew their relationship with you. Uh, Lord, if there's one here today who's never trusted you as Savior, it's my prayer that they will do so 
before they leave your house this morning. Lord, we love you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, drifting from God simply happens. You don't have to do anything, Brother Charlie, to drift from God. You know, our preacher tells us that a lot. You know, you know what it takes to, to drift away from God? Nothing. Simply you doing nothing. And you know, uh, I was thinking about if you, if you fish or you go the, to the lake or the river, and you'll see pieces of driftwood on the, on the shore, won't you? It looks kind of cool, but it's really, it's all gnarly, and it's kind of, you know, it's got moss on it. It's just kind of, it really, it's kind of nasty, you know, because it just, it's just hanging out. That wood just drifting along. It's not doing anything. And, and if we're not careful, we can be just like that. You know, we can just uh, become useless for the Lord because we're just drifting along, doing our own thing, not thinking about God, not mindful of Him. Well, uh, we, we, we read a book in our Sunday school class, and also we did a study on it with our teens. It's called Weird. I just like that word, weird. And the, the author of the book, Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor, and, and, and he, he had some really interesting observations. And, and I'll be referencing his, his book a couple times in my sermon today. But he tells a great story that I really identify with. Uh, he took his family to the beach. They went to the ocean. And I don't know if you've ever got to go to the ocean, but if, you, if you've never been there, you need to go. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to look out and see that, that awesome creation that God has made in, in the power of the ocean. But he said him and his kids, they were having the best time. You know, they were, had a week vacation. He got away from the stress of life, and they were just hanging out as a family and just, just having a good time. And they, they were in the water all day long, just playing in the sun, you know, getting sunburned and building sandcastles and just splashing the waves. And he said... Him and his kids, they got out in the water, and they, just, they were just played, and, and for hours and hours. Finally, the, the sun's starting to set. You know, their stomachs are growling. They're ready to go in and eat, you know. And, and so him and his kids, they start making their way to the shore, and he looked up, and he didn't see their, their beach house that they were staying in. It's gone. And he's like, how in the world do you lose a house? What's going on? And, and so it dawned on him. We've drifted. We have drifted far from our point of reference. You know, they weren't paying attention. They were just playing. Well, they, they had to get up on the beach, and they had to walk for hundreds of yards to finally get their bearings and realize where they were. You know, I thought, that is so true, you know, because that'll happen. If you've ever been in the ocean, you'll, you'll do that very thing. You'll just drift along, and pretty soon you'll be far away from where you started. Well, it's the same way in our spiritual life. You know, drifting can simply happen. You don't have to do anything to drift from God. Here's the deal. We've got to focus on where we are every day in our walk with the Lord. We have to stay focused and be diligent not to lose our priorities. Because if we're not careful, we'll drift away from our number one priority in life. That is our relationship with God. That anchor to God secures our beliefs, our convictions, and our values. The most important thing that defines who we are. But if we're not careful, we'll drift from him, and all of a sudden, we're no longer anchored to him. You know, nobody usually starts out saying, and, and I'm talking about a believer. Nobody says, you know what, yeah, God's blessed me. I mean, he's done so much for me and my family and, you know, provided for me a house and a car and a, and a job and, you know, get to do fun things and food, you know, to eat and clothes. He's, he's provided all these great things. But you know what, I'm just kind of tired of his blessings. You know, I think I'm just going to drift away from him. I think I'll just do my own thing for a while, see how it works out. We don't really say that, do we? Not usually. That's not how it happens, you know. But usually, drifting, it just sneaks up on us. 
You know, we're, one day we're close to God, and then all of a sudden we let some things in our life, we lose focus, and all of a sudden we're like that guy looking for his beach house that's gone. You know, you, you lost the house. Well, how do you lose God? Hey, he hasn't moved. God doesn't move. He's here. You know, it's us that drifts away from him. So the current, you know, of normalcy, it can pull us away from God if we let it. And I'll talk more about normal and what's normal in our culture today uh, later on in my sermon. But normal says anything goes. This is the world's definition of normal. Or at least I, I made up this definition of normal, but I think it, I think it fits our culture today. Normal says if, if it feels good or you want to do it, then enjoy yourself. Whatever you want. You know, that, that's what the world says today. Have all the fun you can, no matter what the cost. You know, but if we just go with the flow, if we do what normal people are doing in the world, we're going to drift far from God. We'll find ourselves in a dangerous place. So be careful about riding the wave to other destinations. Stay focused on your Savior. Don't just float along with the tide. You know, guys, life can change in the blink of an eye. So, don't drift around aimlessly in your life. Focus on God. Don't take God, your family, your church, your friends. Don't take the most important relationships that you have. Don't take them for granted. And that's easy to do, isn't it? It's easy to drift in your marriage, drift apart. It's easy to drift apart from your kids or your parents or your friends. We've got to work hard to make those relationships strong. And the only way we can do that is if we're focused on God and keeping Him first in our lives. So we've talked about that drifting simply happens. Well, we can be led astray if we're not careful. So I want to challenge you, don't be led astray. Don't be led astray. I've shared this with you before, but my wife and I, we used to love to watch these shows called I Shouldn't Be Alive. And, and they've taken them off the air, I think. I haven't seen them anymore, but we love these. We used to watch them all the time. And, and this one story, I'll never forget, there were these two boys, Josh Long and Tony Driscoll. And they were best buddies. They were 18 and, 19, or 18 and 15 years old. And in April of 2006, they got into a small boat off the coast of North Carolina in the Atlantic Ocean, and they were going to go fishing, you know, just a fun fishing trip. But when they got out in the water, they in this, in this small boat, they didn't even have a paddle. I don't understand that, but, you know, I haven't always done the, the smartest thing either in my life. They didn't have a paddle, and so they got caught up in a riptide. And instantly that riptide began to take them out to sea. So they were... They were terrified and so the first thing they did is jump out of the boat and try to swim against the tide they realized they would drown so quickly they got back to the boat got in the boat and it carried them miles out into the ocean far away from land they had no way of contacting anyone for six days these two boys floated and drifted at sea they had no food and no fresh water one of the boys he was he was telling the story later he, he was so desperate for nourishment that he took a knife and he was about to cut off his own finger and eat it can you imagine and his friend is like yelling at him screaming at him don't do it don't do it you know but I'm thinking I would have been like hey better his finger than mine you know <laughs> I mean what if he came after his buddy's finger you know but they were rescued praise the Lord after six days there was a there was a fisherman that came along 
and in his boat and just happened to see these boys and they were saved. They were saved. But guys, we've got to be careful because we can just be led astray and it is dangerous. You know, it's, it's easy and it's normal to get sidetracked from God, but it is dangerous. You know, how many of you guys like a routine, like a daily routine? Okay, I like a daily routine. I really do. I have, I'll plan out my day. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. But you know how many days that I really get everything done that I want to of my routine? Yeah, none. It never happens because I get distracted. You know, I get derailed. Something happens. And that's just life, isn't it? But I try to stay on that routine. I try to get back to it. And we've got to work hard if we want to stay on that routine. You know what? There are a lot of things out there to help our heart wander away from God. Did you get that? There are a lot of things that can help our heart wander away from God. There are tons of distractions. I mean, we have a lot to deal with every day, don't we? Jobs and school and sports and hobbies and entertainment. All these great things, but yet we got to be careful because they can pull us away from God. You know, maybe, maybe you are surrounded by people in your life who don't even follow God or love God. That can, that can definitely pull you away, can't it? Well, listen to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Uh, this is a great definition of what's normal. And, and again, in, in the book that I referenced earlier, in Weird, the book Weird, don't you love that? Just, I want you to say weird with me on the count of three, okay? One, two, three. Weird, all right? Guess what? If you're following God, you're weird, okay? You're a weirdo, all right? Brother Fred, you're a weirdo. <laughs> I always wanted to say that, brother. No, I'm just kidding, Brother Fred. Hey, I'm a weirdo. You know, you could say it to each other, you're a weirdo. It's good to be weird for the Lord. I just pick on Brother Fred because he, 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 knows, he knows that he could whip me if he needed to. Um, here's what normal says. You go by the broad gate in, in the wide road. Okay, That's what most people are doing. That's what the Bible says. Most people are on the road that leads to destruction. That's scary. Okay, So if you're going with the flow, guess where the flow is taking you? Uh, destruction. Away from God. Ultimately, hell. That's serious. But enter by the narrow gate. It says narrow and difficult is the way. Narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to eternal life. And there are few who find it. Those are the weirdos. Okay, but we've got to be weird. We've got to go against the flow. We can't just fall in to what's normal. You know? So, yes, if you're following God by the world standards, you are weird. And, and sometimes the devil will put in our minds, you know what? It's not worth it to follow God. You know? It's not worth it anymore. And Scripture tells us in John 10.10 10, that Satan's mission, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy what he wants to do to our faith guys he wants to steal our faith away he wants to destroy our life he wants to kill our relationship with God that's our real enemy we need to be aware of that every single day the enemy is working to pull people away from God and ultimately to take them to the destination of hell where he is bound Satan is a great deceiver and a father of lies he is a murderer and as Paul warns us in 2 Corinthians 2 11 we've got to be wise to his tricks We've got to wake up because he is trying to lead us astray. You know, and Satan, he, he works 
pretty much the same way as he did in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He, is a, he plants seeds of doubt. He plants a seed of doubt in our lives, just like he did to Eve. You know, God told Adam, you can eat of any tree in this garden, any fruit of any tree in this garden except for one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But then here comes Satan to Eve, and he's like, did God really say you can't eat any of this fruit? You know, did God really say? He's putting that doubt in her mind. God, yeah, God didn't say that, you know. And then Eve, she's thinking about that. She said, well, God said we can't eat of this certain tree, and we can't even touch it lest we die. Well, God didn't say you can't touch it. He just said don't eat of it. So then, you know, Satan already, he's, he's starting to twist what God has said. And then he ultimately, he says, you know, really, Eve, God's lying to you. Because if you eat this, you won't really die. God's just trying to keep something from you. He's trying to keep good stuff from you. You know, so he put that in her life, and then she thought about it, and pretty soon she gave in to the temptation. Right? That's how he works today. Ultimately, Satan questions God's authority. He wants us to doubt and question God's authority. You know, Paul warned his church in Corinth. He told them, he said, Don't be led astray from your pure and sincere devotion to Christ. Don't be led astray from that. Stay focused on Jesus Christ, the most important thing in your life. And he told them, Don't accept any other message of salvation other than faith through Jesus Christ. Believing that he died for our sins, that he rose again and is victorious. He ascended to heaven and he's coming back one day for his church, for believers. He's the only way to heaven. And if there's any other gospel than that preached, we got to stay far, far away. Don't be led astray. You know, maybe you've woken up and you realize, you know what? I used to be close to God. There was a time in my life when I walked with him every day and I felt his presence. But now I am far from that. I no longer feel the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, and if that's you, if you've woken up, or maybe that's happened to you in the past, hey, guess what? God hasn't moved. You can recommit your life. You can rededicate your life to Him. You can draw back closer to Jesus. You know, you've been led astray in your faith, but it's time to draw back to Him. You've been distracted, but guess what? You can still find forgiveness. You can, you, can, you can draw back to God. And you know what? That can happen to any one of us in this room. Don't think that you can't drift away from God. No matter who you are, because you can. We've got to focus daily on our Savior. Uh, in, in the book Weird, the author gives five easy steps to lose your faith. Sounds encouraging, doesn't it? But you know what? They're serious things. I'm going to share uh, those with you this morning. Because there are a lot of things out there that can chip away, can chip away our relationship with God. Uh, the first thing is blaming God. Blaming God. You know what? If you're unhappy with your life, maybe there's circumstances that are just horrible, guess what? We can blame God. We can blame God. Why did you let this happen? You know? I'm looking at the Baileys, their little grandson. He's going through a difficult time in his life. You know? has had to have his little foot amputated. You know, but they're not blaming God. They're not bitter about it. They're praising God and trusting Him. God's going to work good through this. You know, that's what God does. He works good. We live in a bad world. There's a fallen world. There's sin and sickness and evil. But guess what? God still reigns. He's in control. And He'll work, he'll work, he'll work good through any situation if we stay focused on Him and just praise Him and let Him work. So don't blame God for the bad in your life. God doesn't promise a fun, carefree, happy-go-lucky life, does He? He doesn't say, you know, hey, Miss Frieda, when you get saved, then you're in control. 
you can just do whatever you want, and, and it's all going to be fun and easy for you. Doesn't promise that, does he? It's going to be difficult. Jesus, he modeled that. His life was full of hardship and, and difficult times. He died. He was tortured to death. He died for us. Gave his life up on a cross so we could be forgiven of our sins. That was not easy. But he did it. So to be a follower of Christ means we're going to deny ourselves and follow him, right? It's not promised to be easy, but it's good. It's promised to be good and fulfilling. Uh, John 16, 33. Jesus warns us we're going to have trouble in this life. He tells us that. You will have trouble. You will have storms. But guess what? Jesus gives us peace in that storm and he will overcome the world. In the book of James, we're reminded that when we go through a trial, what does it develop? It develops our faith. And faith produces perseverance. We have to persevere in our faith. We've got to keep trusting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. All of our lives. We can't stop trusting Jesus as Lord. We trust Him as Lord. And then the result of trusting Him as Lord is we, we do His will. We follow Him. We live for Him. We persevere in our faith. You know, because God's going to shape us, isn't he? Every time we go through a trial, God's shaping us to be more like him. He's chipping away the rough. He's refining us. You know, we could even, we could even blame God for what other people do to us. We could blame God because somebody in the church hurt our feelings. Did you know that can happen? Hey, church is family. Have you ever hurt your family member's feelings at the house? Aren't you glad you didn't just walk away from your, you know, the family God gave you at your house because somebody made you mad or hurt your feelings? <laughs> if we did, hey, we wouldn't have a family. You know what, church family? Hey, we're, 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 is anybody in here perfect? Raise your hand if anybody's in here is perfect. Okay, we're not perfect. So you know what, from time to time, we may accidentally hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> you know what, if that happens, what do we do? We forgive. We work it out. We love each other, right? Because we're here for who? Him. We're here to worship Him. This is His house. We came today to worship God. So if somebody hurts you, don't blame God for it. You know, we're imperfect humans. But you stay in there and you stay faithful to His house and focus on God and worship Him and just forgive people. Let God be your peace in a trial. Don't blame Him. For a hard time. Second, another thing that can pull us away real quickly from God is hanging around with the wrong crowd. Hanging around bad influences. And boy, I preach this to our teenagers because their friends influence them. But you know what? If you're not a teenager, your friends can still influence you too. I found this out. People can be persuasive. They can be persuasive. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Paul reminds us that bad company corrupts good character bad corrupts good you know perfectly normal people in the world the ones that are going on the wide path that leads to destruction they don't see anything wrong in hanging around with with people who live any way they want to you know and party and sleep around they don't see anything wrong with that because that's normal everybody's doing it and besides it's annoying to hang around those christians i mean they want to pray for you they want to encourage you they want to hold you accountable for your life. They, they, they want to fight against temptation. That's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the way the world views it. But guys, listen. 
If you spend too much time with people of poor character, they will rub off on you. And we've got to be out in the world reaching lost. I understand that. But if that's your primary friends or lost people, and that's, that's the only friends you have, and that's who you spend all your time with, you're in danger. Yes, you, you, you have relationships and friendships with lost people so you can win them to the Lord. We're supposed to do that. But you better control where you're hanging out with them and how much time you hang out with them because little by little, they're going to pull you from God until you're miles from where you need to be. So if your friends are pulling you away from God, change your friends. Change your friends. That's tough, but it's, it's important. Another thing that can really, really pull us away from God and distract us is giving in to temptation. Temptation. Uh, you know, sin is a process. There's, there's the temptation, right? And then there's your desire for it. Oh, yeah, I'll, that, just like Eve. Yeah, that fruit does look good. It is desirable. You know, I bet it would taste good. would give me wisdom. You know, if we think about it enough, and pretty soon what happens, we sin. And then, what's sin lead to? Death. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For the wage of sin is death. But the gift of God is life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God for that because sin leads to death. And we've all sinned. We've all earned death. But Jesus came to be our Savior. So we've got to look. We've got to fight against temptation. When you turn on the TV, there's temptation. When you go into Walmart, there's temptation. We've built an entire culture around instant gratification. Just get whatever you want whenever you want it. And, and take all you want. You know, that's what our world says. But guess what? We don't have to resign ourselves to go with the flow because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank God for that. You know, don't say, I'll get right with God later because you might not get a later. There's no guarantee of a later. Your time could be up now. So get right with God. Uh, another thing that could pull us far from God is loving the world. You know, don't get too busy in this world that you don't have time for God. Because the world can pull you quickly from God as we live out in this world. And, and you know, we're warned in Scripture, don't just love the world. Don't love the world or the things of the world. Don't create your identity from the world. Your identity belongs in Christ. So don't put all your time and money and effort into the world. Invest it in eternal things. You know, another thing that can pull us far from God is, is living a, a life of duplicity. To fake it. Don't fake it. You know, we can be like, you know, super Christian on Sunday and do everything right, but then the rest of the week we live however we want. Guys, we don't fool God. And you're only hurting yourself. So be genuine. Be real in your faith. And if you know, you know, if the Holy Spirit's saying, you know, you need to be closer to me. You need to work on this habit in your life. You need to get rid of that. Do it. Don't live a life of duplicity because it's only going to pull you from God. So how do we draw back to Him? How do we draw back to Him? Well, we need some lifelines that are going to secure us back to, to our rock, to our anchor. You know? So we need to read the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. This is, this is God's love letter to us. It's His story. These words are from Him. Read them and cherish them every day. We've got to connect with Him. You know, we have more resources today than we've ever had before. You can have the Bible on your phone. You can get on the internet now. You can get on that computer, that newfangled computer, and you can, you can see Brother Will's sermons online through the week if you want to w watch them again. That's amazing. That is amazing. Worship God. You know, worship God. Normal people, they try to avoid worship. Well, Sunday's my day off. You know, I go, go to the lake. Relax. Hey, we come to God's house to worship Him. We're here for Him. So stay connected. Worship God. And you know what? We can worship Him outside of this house too. Because God's not just here. 
He's outside the house too. So throughout your day, throughout your week, worship God. Praise Him through the day. And stay involved in church. You know, stay involved in His work. Be a contributor. Give back. Work and serve in the church. And we're blessed with a lot of contributors in our church, people that dig in and work. And that's why God has blessed our church with great people who love Him and who serve Him. And they dig in and they, they're involved in the church. And finally, talk to God every day. You know, He's your best friend. If you had a friend on this earth and you didn't talk to Him ever, they, they really wouldn't be your friend after a while. But you know, talking is two-way. We need to talk to God and then we need to. That's right. And He'll speak to you. And when we pray and spend time with God every day, guess what? He starts working in our life. And we want more and more and more of Him, don't we? So, use these lifelines and don't drift. Stay connected to God. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads, no one looking around. Today, if you've drifted from God, just repent. Get back to your first works. Get back to, the, to, to your first love. Maybe today you realize, you know what? I'm not as close to God as I once was. If you realize that, would you just come to the altar today and say, Lord, I want to I anchor back to you. Maybe today you've drifted in your marriage or in your relationship with your, your loved ones. Your family. Would you come today and just ask God to strengthen those relationships? Don't be led astray today. Maybe Satan is out to get you and, and he's tempting you. He's trying to pull you away. Would you focus today on what's most important? Fight to stay close to God. You know, I was talking to Doug Will yesterday on the phone and he said, you know what? We don't know what the Lord's will is, but Elaine's prepared. She, she lived a life of faith and she's ready. Are you? I'm going to pray and the altars are going to be open. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for Jesus. Help us to say anchor to the rock. Lord, if anyone here today, they, they have drifted from you, would, would they have the courage to come today and just draw close to you? Lord, today, I, I, I want to open up these altars for Elaine Will and, and for Doug and his family. That we can just come and lift them up to the Lord and, and ask, Lord, for your your divine and healing touch if it be your will Lord but we ask for you to strengthen this family if there's someone here today Lord that needs Jesus as their Savior I pray that they will come and make that commitment to you we ask this in Jesus name